Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. Sex, sex, sex. <laughs> this episode is all about when sex isn't about sex at all. <laughs> oh, fine. It's control, abuse, and power. Okay. Right. Oh, oh my gosh. This I is like This is like my wheelhouse. This I is what I studied for like years. I'm like, get ready. Like, gonna... It's my speciality. It is. By the way, it's, it's weird that it is. And it makes me sound as if all I did was have sex the whole way through my university career. I did not. In fact, it was the opposite. But I studied <laughs> so, so much about sex and gender dynamics and all the rest of it that actually yeah. I'm not just coming from a place of, I've noticed that at a bar sometimes. No, no. I'm talking from an educated perspective here. Yes. And... I remember when it became the time when it came the time to choose what we were going to study mm. in university and to kind of like drill down into those modules. Mm-hmm. The reason why I chose sex wasn't because I wanted any? to know about well no yeah basically because I didn't want to know about control abuse power all that kind of stuff okay I just wanted I thought I was like okay well I can learn about this thing that seems to somehow have eluded me like I don't understand it mm-hmm. I don't fully get it and so maybe if I come at it from a mental angle, I'll understand it because that's obviously how best I've always operated. Like yeah. if I can understand it mentally, then the rest kind of follows. Yeah. Obviously, and as we'll go on to talk about in these three episodes that are coming through, that it's not necessarily about the mental connection. That is a, <laughs> sex is not necessarily a mental thing. Um, <laughs> really? Well, it's not a solely a mental thing. Just like but, it's not a solely physical thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. an emotional thing. Yeah. It's or a spiritual thing. Anyway. But funnily enough, when you do leave it in a mental space. Or like an academic space? No. If you, oh, you leave just it mean mental? Okay. I mean just in a mental space. Mm-hmm. That is when it becomes about control, abuse, and power. But I do think that there is some kind of emotional dysfunction or something within our emotional body at play that could also make it about control, abuse, and power. Yes. But when I say mental body, I mean fear and ego. Okay. And sex played a huge part in that. Yeah. And when I look at it now, I, you can, all, all I can see is the dysfunction of it in a lot of ways. Like (laughs) like as in mainstream mainstream media, in mainstream, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Consumption. Yeah. It's very dysfunctional. Yeah. Highly. Highly. First of all, it's almost like like, I mean, let's just start the simple way. It's almost like we don't even think that sex is a choice. It's the masculine, feminine. The men are gagging for it and will basically fuck a pillow if they can. And the Aww. women don't want anything. But, you know, that for them, being able to let someone have sex with them, and I say let on purpose, yes. means that they get all the other stuff. So mm. security, safety, mm-hmm. feeling desired. Yeah. You know, sex maybe is a, a baby. Maybe a baby. Maybe then a purpose. Yes. So maybe they'll also get an income. Yeah. You know, there's so much wrapped up in this so act. Fucked up. It's really fucked up. <laughs> you know, depending so on up. kind of our culture, our class, our religion. Yeah. You and know, it's what era we're living in because we're talking about like these. You know, what we're covering here too is how long this has been going on, right? I mean, it's going on so long that we think we've escaped it, no. and we're still living in its shadows. Yes. Well, more than just its shadows, we're replaying it, right? It's not even just the echoes. We are actually still in the middle of this dysfunction. Yeah. Yeah. But no one's actually free in sex. There doesn't seem to be a lot of freedom when it it comes to sex. It would be the rare case, I think. Yeah. It's much more about, Mm -hmm. it's much more about what I can get and what I can give. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at it also from like power plays. Yes. 
on both sides, there's power at play. Mm-hmm. So as very a woman, much. let's say, I'm, and I'm using gender, very gender specific, yeah, on, perf- on purpose, values, yes. because I think that actually that's part of the problem. Yes. And in order for us to really discuss the problem, yes. that is a very big part of it. It's, and I'm sure that it echoes out mm-hmm. um, in different ways. But if we're going to talk about generations upon generations, that is unfortunately part of the restrictions of it which was this is exactly how it is done yeah. in this exact way. Right, it, it created this very sort of strict framework, right? It's yeah. a rather narrow framework yeah. around it. And so we do have to discuss it that way. So our yeah. apologies in advance. But, yeah. Yeah. So this anyway. transactional dynamic is what has governed our relation, our sexual relationships because for as the, long as yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, because the transactional dynamic was within relationships as well. Yes. So sex was merely just another avenue in which that transactional dynamic was being shown. It's the external validation rather than the internal experience. Mm-hmm. So if everyone knows that I can have sex with everyone, I'm I'm a don. And if everyone knows that everyone wants to sleep with me, then I'm the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? When rather it's not about the experience at all. Oh gosh, no. Which again is, as we say in everything, that's effectively separation at play. Mm-hmm. I will get something externally from myself Mm-hmm. you know, and show everyone externally that I'm doing great right. to muffle the internal experience, which isn't exactly happy. Right. Which is effectively our karma at play, right? That's sort of our, you know, our karmic experience. Ultimately, the sort of sex polarity that separation upholds is sex is a form of currency on the one end, right? Where it's wholly transactional. And on the other end, it is wholly chaste, as in it's a virginal. <laughs> Yeah. So no one's having sex yeah. or, you know, one person's having sex yeah. <laughs> with enough people and the other person's waiting. We have, so it's interesting when we think about how much, how much separation fucked sex. It was the tent poles that governed sex, no matter what it was. The political, which tells you who you can have sex with, how you can have sex, and when you can have sex, right? Then when you also look at the economics of sex, right? And the sex industry is another thread. And then oh, you have yeah. religion dictating yeah. Your sex, right? You don't have sex before marriage. You only have, have sex to procreate. Exactly. And so you see how all the different tent poles had a hand in how we saw and approached sex. Is it because effectively our desires were being policed? Yes. But that's how, our, how sex remained separate from us was how these tent poles came in and decided to police that, right? In order yeah. to maintain their own power and yeah. control. Which which I guess then, if you're looking at sex from more of a spiritual lens rather than, I mean, I'm pretty sure everything we just said is pretty fucking obvious to anyone who's listening. They're like, yeah, tell me something I don't know. Yeah. And I think the only <laughs> thing I'd add to all of that is we may think we may have transcended it all, but actually we haven't. Because if you look around, even at on a personal level, and you think about your own sexual experiences, ask yourself, have you been truly free in them? Have you done anything? Fuck judgment, fuck shame? Probably not. Mm -hmm. I think we still have that hangover, regardless of how much we, regardless of how much gender doesn't matter anymore, regardless how how much it can be two people, three people, seven people, or a thousand people, Mm -hmm. rather than it can be about, it doesn't have to be about ejaculation, it doesn't have to be about penetration, it doesn't have to be about, you know, so many different things, like every hole is game now, (laughs) in some ways. (laughs) Every single orifice. (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, we're still having that hangover, because a lot of it, even within the kind of more free love mm-hmm. spheres, it's another form of an identity. It's another form of a backlash. I mean, we had that really interesting episode probably in season two or three okay. when it was like being the outlier, 
becomes its own identity in some ways. Yes. And actually, if one can look at their own sexual experiences mm -hmm. and ask themselves, have I judged other people? Yeah. Have I judged myself? Have I stopped other people or have I stopped myself mm. from doing something? Then you can see that in some way or another, we're still being controlled by those ideas, whether or not they're so overt. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's as if like, you know, you, your, your parents, when you were growing up, used to tell you not to do something and you grow up as an adult. And while you know, you're free to do that thing, it still nags at you in the back of your head. Yeah. I shouldn't be doing that. Wait, why do I want to do that? Yeah. And then you kind of just have this entire complex around that very yeah. simple thing that just got really blown up. Yeah. I right? always think about that. Like when I listen to people sharing their sexual stories or when I listen to people reacting to other people's stories, there always seems to be a tinge of jealousy disguises judgment almost. Hmm. Okay. Or I just think that actually we're not as free as we think we are. Oh, absolutely. Which is why then when we look at it from a spiritual lens, which I'm sure you're much better at than, than me, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, that's when we can really understand that sexual dysfunction oh, and yeah. what it shows us. Yeah, which was we were never free to have sex. And to be able to be free to have sex isn't like you know, just kind of going to a music festival and fucking whomever you want. It could be that in the sense that, you know, freedom is all about being with who you want, when you want, where you want, right? And however you want, again, as you said, among consenting individual, full stop. And yet, because of separation, because of all the lifetimes in which we've existed in separation. Where there's a right and a wrong, a good and a bad, a punishment and a relief. Exactly. All the rest. And, and where sex is often... That. And sex has often been on the side of wrong, right? Yes. There's actually so much more that is wrong with sex than is quote unquote right with sex. The only way to have sex is within this very, you know, narrow paradigm or framework. Yeah. And then all the ways in which you're not supposed to be having sex. It's so many more. So many more. And God forbid you enjoy it. <laughs> right. Or now, you don't enjoy it. Or you don't enjoy it enough. Or you enjoy it too much. Exactly. I mean, or you do just, it too much. It's like a fucking tightrope. You know what it I mean? Is. Where you're going to fall off in any second into like, I don't know, like a bowl of penises ready to drown you. <laughs> and then, you know, put you in jail afterwards. It's just ridiculous. It is. But then how does one address that sexual dysfunction? So it requires us, I mean, as we've been saying, to be out of our karma, right? Because we need to be whole healed be beings. Okay, and we have to say this, but we're going to talk about, we're going to bang on about it in the next episode. But and that requires us to be conscious beings. So that means it requires us to be connected to um, and have a clear enough mental, emotional, and physical body. Yeah. So is it our mental, emotional, and physical bodies are connected? Yeah. And we and we operate as one within those three. Yeah. All three have an equal. But you almost don't even have to be at that point as of like at one as much as if you could just really get out of your karma enough or see then you're, you're, you're much better off. Well, technically also going through your karma to some degree does create that consciousness. Exactly. It does. So one does. happens with the other quite naturally. It does. Because talk about the power dynamic too. And karma shows us where we're not in our power. We're also going to be looking at the fact that as we're healing our karma, often whatever sexual dysfunction we're experiencing has everything to do with our karma or everything having to do with our karma is played out in our sexual I mean, right? I know I've said this in a book that is so, as yet unpublished, maybe, who knows. But I definitely found that my relationship to sex was a total mirror to my relationship to myself. When I was in my karma, I wasn't just playing by the rules. I was the master of them. And I resented those rules because mm. I felt very trapped within them. Mm -hmm. But I was still playing by them. Well, so we keep looking to our, I, and we've talked about how the rules don't keep us safe. 
not in dating, not in any kind of power dynamic at all, because if we're playing by the rules, it means that we're not in our power. If we're playing by the rules, we're trusting someone else somewhere else has written once down something else that knows more than us. Yeah. And actually the whole point of connection when it comes to a connection with ourselves, a connection with someone else is that we're able to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if we're following any rules, we're not being ourselves. Yeah. And it's very, it is possible that what we naturally want to do does follow some kind of rule <laughs> that's written, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the other way around. Mm -hmm. Like I, as we know, we joke about this. We are professional enablers. I do think that I'm definitely, I call myself a professional enabler. Mm -hmm. And I do think unless you're really acting in integrity, whatever that is, mm -hmm. then you're not going to be able to connect with yourself because you don't know who the fuck that is or what right. you really want to do. Mm -hmm. And then how the hell can you connect with someone else? I mean, it goes back to season one, episode three. Mm -hmm. It goes back to season one, episode five. Like We're talking like the first handful of episodes in this whole thing was all how can we actually connect with other people when we are so disconnected from ourselves? Mm -hmm. And how can we be connected to ourselves when we're not really understanding what we desire and not really choosing that? No, not at all, because all we're doing is just playing in our shit. Yeah. And expecting someone else to play in our shit too. And using with us. sex to manipulate, validate, coerce, or punish. Yeah. And if people listening to this think, well, I don't really do that anymore, well, maybe you don't do it anymore, but you certainly did it at some point. We all did. And it's okay that we all did because that's what we've been taught. That's yeah. what we've been modeled. That's what's continued. That's what continues to be modeled. And even the flip side, Liz. Yeah. The, I'm being extra kind and sweet to you. Like asking every three seconds, are you okay? Are you okay? Do you consent? Do you consent? In, an, in a really, <laughs> Have you a, been with somebody who like asks you? I like, have, I've been, well, you know what it is? It's more that I'm, I have interacted with people who are so concerned, which I guess is just, maybe it's better than the other way, but who are so <laughs> concerned that I'm not in my own power that they need to keep checking in with me. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. Uh -huh. I get it because a lot, you know, for lots of different reasons, there are a lot of people who are in their power. But that's exactly the point. We can't have healthy, fun sex with trust and not a power game mm -hmm. when two people aren't in their own power and know that they can say yes or no. Mm. And be okay with both yes or no. Yes. It's also understanding and the reason why and one of the things, okay, this is what I have to share. And this is the piece that's kind of in here and not in here. Because I knew that every 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 episode is going to have a piece that is not in the outline. Okay. They they were very clear about that. And I was yeah. like, you're really going to make me work on this one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. Is that as we look to healing the sort of the masculine and the feminine, right? Everyone has a masculine and a feminine within. As we said. As we've said in previous episodes. What was episodes, it, like 62, 48 or something? I think it was like a 60, 40 split towards feminine. Yeah. Right? understand that a lot of, when we're talking about power dynamic because people often think they hear power they think masculine mm. right but in this case when it comes to sexual dysfunction and power it's skewed toward the feminine explain well on on the surface level it's about the feminine as you said choice Women seem to experience the fact that they have more choice, while men are, as you said, gagging for it. And when you consider, I think this was something that Ellen had shared in her most recent interview, I think that we put out in December, it was, you know, when you consider the masculine-feminine 
spiritual story, right? Sort of the masculine went away, the feminine resided with her children on earth, etc. So there's the abandonment issue. There's the abandonment story. And when the masculine returns to create a sort of whole energy, right, where everyone can then be in complete wholeness with the masculine and the feminine, what happens is when you have that energy that has been away join again, it has to find equanimity. And in order to do that, it needs to have space made for it. So what we're seeing is the masculine cropping up, masculine energy cropping up in weird ways because the feminine still needs to make room. So while it may seem that we've always looked to the masculine to sort of put itself out there to be the leaders, what the feminine, the space the feminine's occupied has been the womb space, the inner space, but that's also been the most influential space there is. And so the deep fundamental crisis that we've experienced sexually between the masculine and the feminine is the fact that the feminine has not yet made room. The feminine swallows the masculine. I mean, literally. Literally. That's <laughs> really. And the masculine still has to be able to express itself sexually because it has not. And that is why sexual dysfunction will continue and will persist until there is room. And we're not really going to see that until about 2030. I don't think I understand this whole masculine feminine thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, no, you don't have to. It's okay. okay. <laughs> so we're going to try to explain it in another way. I grew up with a very absent father. Every time he'd go away, he'd go away for weeks, months, a year at a time. And every time he'd come back, I was always thrilled. I didn't appreciate the fact that my mom had to undergo a massive adjustment because she ran, she went from occupying a lot of roles and a lot of responsibilities to still having those same responsibilities, but having to allow for this physical space to re-enter. And I went through that with my husband. Every time I had to make space for Ricardo to come back, it was very jarring because the kids and I, we had our own groove. But then the moment you have to make space in that internal home for another energy, it feels like you're invaded until you can work that out again and find so, harmony. So is that why women feel like men are invading them when they have sex? Well, it's not just about when they're feeling invaded having sex. It's just generally they feel as if their entire dynamic is completely incompatible that there is such a stark difference in everyone's approach and viewpoint because there's no harmony, because there's never been harmony between the masculine and feminine. So anytime somebody comes to occupy our space, it's, it's very odd. Yeah, I do. Right? Like it, yeah. it's, it, it, it's a disturbance in our field. Literally, we can feel it. And the only way to really begin to understand and heal that, as we said, is being out of your karma. And then, you know, in the next episode, we'll, we'll discuss what consciousness will do in order to enable that shift a bit more smoothly. Because right now what we're seeing is the fact that people are completely thrown out. It's not to say that women's bodies aren't being policed, etc. That's what the tent poles are there for. Okay. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with the sexual dynamic that underpins the masculine-feminine relationship. Okay. Which we said is largely feminine or okay. controlled by the controlled feminine. Controlled by the feminine. Right. And now we're finding that shift so we get to an equilibrium. Mm -hmm. But to get to that equilibrium where both the feminine and the masculine are equal partners in the sexual dynamic. Mm -hmm. And when we say that we don't mean as in men and women, we mean just within ourselves. Yes, exactly. And that's very different because that's understanding that everyone has a choice. Mm -hmm. It's understanding that everyone has a sex drive. It's understanding everyone has their own desires. That everybody has a place. Because really, there's just no place in this, right? So what we're doing is, if, if the feminine is constantly controlling access, is effectively the gatekeeper, right? So this is, again, this episode is control, abuse, and power. Whoever can control the sex has the power.
And what does that often lead to? Abuse. Because I will force the... you so I can take away your power. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so now we're watching that shift. We're, we're watching the remnants of that begin to start to shift. <laughs> that's okay. about, probably about as beginning as we're at okay. with it. Yeah. And that's huge. That's a very, very, very big deal. And it's something to be celebrated because this is the one time in our life and in, in all of our lifetimes in which we get to get there consciously and aware and in body. Okay. The masculine requires a shit ton of compassion in this case. It sucks to be the outsider, as you know. It sucks to be the interloper. It sucks to feel unwelcome. I mean, I guess that's why, like, even when you think about the masculine energy within sex, it's the, I've got to prove I'm worthy, mm -hmm. I've got to charm, you know, there's got to be, I've got to deserve it. Mm -hmm. You know, some of that is within the feminine, in the sense that why is no one beating down my door mm -hmm. to want me so I can reject them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but effectively, you know, like a lot of the dynamic of sex is understood as men being rejected mm. or forcing so that they're not rejected, yeah. which is where that twisted power comes from, mm. which we've seen so many times during Me Too and all of that kind of stuff yeah. is that I need to assert my power over you so that you cannot reject me. So therefore I know I'm good enough mm. Mm -hmm. regardless of, and I will use any means necessary in order to do that. Mm. Compassion piece is really understanding if we've set up a society and we continue to perpetuate a society yeah. where one group mm -hmm. are constantly having to prove that they're worthy enough to effectively fulfill a basic human need. Mm -hmm. How can we be surprised that it became toxic? As difficult as it, as it is, and I think you're very gifted at that, where you believe just injecting love is always the answer. Yeah. And in this case, I would say if you can't get to love, at least get to compassion. Yeah. Because it's not easy. And I'll tell you, these several years will not be easy because we'll see it. We'll see it. When things, when something, it doesn't matter what it is, but when something is in the final throes of its deathing, right? So we're going to be looking at the deathing of this sexual dysfunction. It means that all that dysfunction is going to be in our face. Yeah. Right? Because that's how it works. And so we're going to be, it's going to be playing out. And thank God, better now than never. Mm. But it's going to be, it's going to be a thing. And just when we think maybe we're over it, maybe, you know, millennials have done the work and, you know, they're freer and Gen Zers will be freer and everyone's just going to be better off. Well, we'll get there, but just not yet. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.